NPR for CNN. Hadouken! Hadouken! Our daily show that keeps you updated on all the nerdy news you need to know about because today all we're going to be talking about is Black Panther Wakanda Forever and we are spoiling the heck out of it you guys top of the show spoiling the heck out of it I was about to say something but I'm going to give you like three minutes to get out <laughs> come get back out. and then come back later once you've watched the movie <laughs> yes, yes, save this put this in your watch later file on uh, your YouTube like and, it yeah. first like come it back. Yes. and then come back yes and there's no redemption goal today but hit us with your uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever questions. We're going to try to get to as many as possible by the end of the show, but you guys know that it's going to be a packed show with a lot of conversation. Yes, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, and we're going to, real quick, just hit a few Black Panther or non-Black Panther headlines. Yes. Headlines graphic! There it is. Um, okay, uh, and you know, this is kind of other sad news. In, in, a, in a weekend a film where we're kind of like mourning the loss of like one of our cherished portrayers of a superhero in Chadwick Boseman. Kind of rough that we get news of the passing of another of our favorite superhero portrayers, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman uh, in so much, most famously Batman the Animated Series, but so many films, other appearances, right? He kind of passed, sadly, similar to Chadwick Boseman from cancer. I guess he'd been battling it for a little bit, but it was kind of a surprise passing. People didn't know he was sick. Um, so Tom and I were just talking. If you were of a given age um, and, you know, maybe grew up in the 90s or, or early 2000s, like, he was your Batman. He was, and even you to know? this day, I mean, I feel like he's, like, one of my, like, my main Batman of all the portrayers of Batman. He was, he's the one that we grew up with, you know, yeah. the one that we, we got to experience the lore with. Because growing up, you didn't have a lot of superhero shows, like, other than animation with, like, X-Men the Animated Series or the Batman Animated Series. We were lucky to get a Batman movie every few years. We still yeah. didn't have a Superman from the yeah. 70s. That was the last time we got to see with Christopher Reeve, so... It's really tough. I love that in a world where, you know, there's there's so many James Bonds, there's so many Batmans, there's certain archetypal characters that there are a bunch of. Everyone's got their favorite. Everyone, like, you know, when you say James Bond, people pick their James yep. Bond. But there's always the, who's your Batman? And someone might have their favorite movie Batman, but it's always Kevin Conroy in the conversation. Like, yep. there's always, like, well, you know, Kevin Conroy. Right. And then I like. Like, Kevin Conroy is yes. so much a staple. You don't have that with a lot of archetypal characters because he's so definitively Batman. Mm -hmm. And I love that he loved the character so much that he even wrote, on the, like, he wrote a comic, like, fairly recently. He goes to these cons and he talks about what the character means to him. It wasn't just an acting job for him. Yeah. It was something that he embodied and something that he felt really special about. And that's such a beautiful thing that he got to know how much we all loved him. Like, it's, it's really special that he spent so much time at cons and he got to feel that love because I feel like so many artists don't get to know what their impact is. And I'm really just glad that we live in an age where he got to know how much we loved him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so uh, shout out to all family, fans, admirers, friends of Kevin Conroy, like... Uh, more power to you, and, and rest in power, Kim Conroy. Um, and then uh, we, we're getting some early box office numbers for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, of course, it's printing money. Of course, <laughs> it's making a ton of money. It's printing um, its own money? Yeah, yeah Wakandan, Wakandan doubloons. Uh, uh, but it's, it's shaping up early to be the third biggest post-pandemic opening after Spider-Man No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness. Uh, so far, it's like tracking to do 185 million dollars domestically here in the US, which is the first one did about 200 million domestically in its opening weekend. Now that was a three day weekend. 
And um, that was before the pandemic. So um, still, huge numbers. Obviously, it's going to be a big success. We'll, we'll find out more next week exactly how big of a success it was. We're excited. Um, and Black Panther 1 noted for its legs. That movie was incredibly yes. strong in the box office for a very long time. So the fact that this opened so close to the original and the legs the first one had, I imagine mm -hmm. this is going to do gangbusters. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. We're, we're hopeful of that because like, uh, the better it does, the better we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, 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 hey. You're correct. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. But also, if if a lot of people are watching it, that means a lot of people are loving it mm -hmm. and having a great time with it. And that's what also we want that. Kevin um, Feige was like, uh, it depends on how well this movie does if we do a third one. And yeah. I was like, does it? I feel like you're going to yeah. do it anyway. Yes. Well, he said that? I didn't hear well, that. He like, didn't, it, it, it didn't come off the way oh, I sure, made sure, it sound. Yeah. <laughs> he was genuinely, he was yeah, genuinely yeah. just like, there, people were like, are we getting a third one? And he was like, yeah, I mean, this one does really hot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now it's like opening night is doing really yeah, it's well. It's like yeah. destroying, right? That's every movie, right? Well, if the first one yeah. makes a lot of money, we'll make more. It's right? a good yeah. sound bite to have at the ready. Like, how do I answer this question like Kevin Feige? Oh, well, you know, if a movie does well, we'll make a sequel. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. That's a very Kevin Feige answer. Yeah. Yes. Um, and before we dive into our Wakanda Forever discussion, uh, it's Friday, which uh, we often do something on Fridays called Fresh Face Friday, brought to you by Geology. Our friends at Geology, makers of fine skincare products like this little guy, Everyday Face Wash. Hell yeah. Um, this is a segment where we celebrate a new face in the MCU. And this week, we're highlighting Mabel Cadena. I hope I'm pronouncing her name close. There she is, who played Namora in Wakanda forever. Uh, you may or may not recognize her because she had a breathing apparatus over half of her face for and most of that movie. Blue. Yeah. And, and was often painted blue with like an awesome, her headdress kind of reminded me of like a lionfish. You know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? No, like no, those things, around. right? Like, I also yeah, yeah. love that it was perfectly around her bun. Like it had yes. the bun and then it was just around it. The, I, was like, Look at I mean, of course the characters in Wakanda forever are perfectly styled yeah, and have like excellent costuming Easy. and everything oh, yeah. like that. But the, the Tolokans and their costuming and the, the looks, just incredible. But um, this is Mabel's first Hollywood film. She's, but she's worked a ton in her native Mexico, uh, including on a lot of titles in Spanish that I will butcher, but uh, <laughs> Camelia La Tejana, Tejana. La Bandida. Okay, uh, check nice. out those if you enjoyed her work in uh, I, I only know the last one because it's El Baile, like to dance, uh, De Los Cuantro, I think 41 is Cuantro. Why did I go at this? The dance of the Well, you know, one reason you went at that. The dance you, of the 41? You had a chance to talk to her. Yes, I That's did. Right. I got to talk to her and did an interview, and it was perfect. And she, uh, it was with, uh, so I, yeah, I got the chance to speak with her and Alex Linavelli, and they play Namora and Atuma, and it was perfect. And we have a little clip here that I'm embarrassed to show. Yeah. Uh -huh. Let's see. It was the working underwater portion. Like. I'm sure by now everyone knows this, but she's. The champ. Are at, you? At holding <laughs> the long? breath, you know. How long? Please. Six minutes and a half. No. Yeah. No, no, you, you gotta, you gotta say that loud. <laughs> Six minutes, you can hold your breath underwater. Six yeah. minutes and a half. It's amazing work underwater, you know. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Well, to me, it was beautiful. It's like you need lose the control. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I, I just need to be relaxed. I just need be focused and. Is that okay? And Six actually, minutes. our coach say, you can sleep underwater, Mabel. I know, I don't believe you. No, yes, you can sleep underwater and you never know anything. I can't swim. <laughs> I genuinely, this is insane to me. Going forward in the MCU, are there characters you would want to fight now? Huh. <laughs> I would love to get into it with um, a young man from uh, Queens. 
Who shoots a spider web? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a, a fun uh, little action uh, event. Oh my gosh! Yes, uh, they're going uh, for the top. Uh, yeah, I said yeah. this before. The uh, you guys can hear me. I didn't know the camera was on me. So <laughs> it was my first press junket. I was they. You get five minutes, and like Koi told me, which I stuck in my brain. Uh, you get five minutes. Uh, hellos and goodbyes are included in the five minutes. <laughs> yep, that walk-in counts. I got like three questions in, and honestly, I kind of had this written thing to ask, and then I was like, they're just so nice to talk to, mm. and they're so beautiful, so it blinded me immediately. <laughs> and um, but they were really sweet, and they were so nice. And Alex Linavelli was—he grabbed me into a hug Aww. as soon as I came in the room, and was like, "Be proud!" <laughs> oh, bless his heart. And also, uh, quick, uh, we're one degree of, or a couple degrees of separation from Alex Linavelli, who played Atuma, and that, uh, I think he has the same manager as Tommy Bechtold. Just Hi. Come on the show, Atuma. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember me? Yeah. <laughs> You've met her, you know she's safe. Uh -huh. um, and I will say that junkets are one of the hardest things to do in our job, because you walk in, blinding light, you're just meeting these people, you have to make yeah. them immediately comfortable. Great body language. The whole time you look comfy, you look ready. Look yeah. Great work. Well, it's not really easy. Not to be um, shady to any other person that was interviewing them, they were practicing so much in the mirrors, in the hallways, dancing back and forth. And I was like, uh, I think we can just ask. Them. We only have five minutes. Let's just go talk to them. And I maybe I was under, under not dressed, but under qualified, okay. I guess, no, or no, prepared. No. Yeah, because I just went in there and I just started talking to them. And you can see um, there'll be some other maybe clips from those interviews that Eric is going to have in our full film breakdown that's coming out on the channel tomorrow. Uh, but uh, one thing that definitely comes across is the, uh, as Jessica pointed out, the stunning beauty of both those actors, uh, specifically Mabel Cadena, uh, who uh, is our Fresh Face Friday nominee for this week. We're looking forward to see Hinted at in that last scene we see of Namora, of both Namora and Namor, obviously going to be important figures. We're going to see more of her, yeah, certainly, in the MCU, right? Um, and so uh, you should check out geology.com. Head over there, take a little quiz to figure out uh, your best skincare needs and the products that will help you with that. Maybe to help you have the glow of a Talokan eye. Talokanil? How are we? What are the people Talokan? that... Talokanese? No, Talokan. I think it's Talokan. Talokan, maybe? Put, Put in the chat what your favorite uh, way to refer to them in an inoffensive way is. Um, uh, and uh, uh, head to geology.com slash newrockstars and use our promo code rockstar 70 to save 70% off your geology order. That's an incredible discount, folks. New Rockstars 70, or sorry, Rockstar 70 promo code at uh, geology.com slash newrockstars. But let's move on to our Wakanda Forever discussion. Okay, so the final minutes of Black Panther Wakanda Forever kind of presented us with three future options for the leadership of Wakanda, and I want to go into each of them. The end of the film leaves us with the assumption that Shuri will take the mantle of Black Panther, while M'Baku will handle the leadership of the country itself. Uh, at the end of the film, he says, the Black Panther sends her regards, but she will not be joining us today. I, M'Baku, leader of the Jabari tribe, son of Wakanda, wish to challenge for the throne. Who's gonna challenge him? I don't mm. think it's anyone. So worth noting <laughs> that he refers to Shuri as the Black Panther and only wishes a challenge uncontested for the throne. So my first question is, what is Shuri's role as Black Panther in the MCU going forward, both in regards to Wakanda and the rest of the world? I see her as a symbol of uniting 
the mm -hmm. disparate tribes, right? Like, we, they've already come together more than they were in the first film. But as we saw, the one scene we see of them in the, the new home of the Jabari is, like, kind of them disagreeing about how to handle things, mm -hmm. right? They're like, you're, you're a guest in my home. Let's figure all this out. But then she symbolizes them coming together literally by touch. Like, they all touch her and unite. So I see that role. They talk about how the Black Panthers always united the people. So I see her as needing to unite them and being that symbol, even if she's not physically there. So I think while M'Baku is actually going to be king, I think the Black Panther symbol needs to be an important thing in the world coming at Wakanda. So like when we're gonna get this Wakanda show, it looks to be setting up that other world leaders and other nations are gonna be trying to get things from Vibranium, like trying to you know invade. I think she's gonna have to be you know, outsourced. She's gonna have to be other places as either a, a you know a new Avenger or whatnot while he protects from home. Can I counter that somehow? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> can I counter that somehow? I think that she's gonna be called upon later in the future sometimes. They're gonna be like, we need extra help, we're gonna need you. And she's gonna say no. But I also think in Black Panther 3, if they get it sooner or later, um, it's gonna be like, she, not, if you notice in the movie, got a lot of the Wakandans killed when they were fighting on the ship yeah. against the Tolokans. And so the Tolokans were regenerative and they were able to come back, but a lot of the Wakandans, it went from like 100 to versus like 10 left. So I think they're gonna remember what happens in Shuri's mind as the Black Panther and how she let like hate really, <laughs> really push her through. Mm. And though she came back at the end full circle, it's still like a lot of us died in the fight that you had us go on and then you left the ship and we all had to fight for ourselves. That's really important. So I think the Black Panther mantle is going to be like needed by the Avengers, but then I think in Wakanda they're going to be like, well, do we want to see it right away again soon? Well, it it's interesting dangerous. because like the I think the face of the Black the Black Panther mantle becomes like the face of Wakanda. I think is what mm -hmm. you know because without it, that's when people thought that Wakanda was weak or not you know mm -hmm. or could, could be infiltrated and have their vibranium stolen. But now with with an actual Black Panther in place, I think that's that's what how that role is going to be served. But it's interesting because. Uh, you, we, we, uh, you don't need to be the king or the ruler to be the Black Panther. Even yeah. with T'Challa, we saw that. And, um, and it's funny because I was noticing parallels with Thor, how he didn't want to become king. He wanted to kind of still be his superhero self in the same mm -hmm. way. Maybe sure he's going to take that path and not want to be the leader yeah, I love in that, that kind of a way. Yeah, I think we're seeing like there was a parallel there between Black Panther and Namora, right? In that like they were both... Powered individuals who are both the hero of their people and the leader of their people, yeah. right? When speaking of T'Challa and Namor, right? But like, it seems like both those roles are being divorced for both characters, right? On the one hand, Shuri and Mbaku are kind of splitting those roles. One will be the leader of the people, one will kind of be the hero. She wants to be in the lab, coming up with cool suits. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to be passing legislation. She doesn't want to go to the UN, right? Like, uh, and Making now- Old Spice commercials like Valkyrie? Yeah, that's I'm right. I mean, hilariously, Mbaku going to the UN. Come on, guys. <laughs> A, it seems more like what's going to happen. I mean, ooh, will, ooh, he ever, will he ever put on a suit? Because I love the, the Dormelage have their like sharp like flight attendant looking like outfits, right? Mm -hmm. They're not coming in there in their like warrior garb. What is Mbaku? Does he still have like a fur covered three piece suit? Or? And he calls each of them a bald headed demon. Yes. Yeah. He's got, <laughs> a, he's, got a, he's got a piece of celery and a sweet potato <laughs> and he's just pointing at him. Um, but uh, uh, also, I think, and I kind of talked about this in a Rogue Theory episode that'll come out tomorrow, but like, we're also going to get that, I think, in the t in Tolokan, in that the, the bloom is off the rose for the Tolokan people in Namor. They thought he was their god. He got whooped on the beach. You know what I mean? There will be a reckoning there in that, like, 
I don't think he'll get to keep lead. Obviously, he's still powerful and he'll maybe be the hero of the Tolokan people. But, like, you could see a Tuma or somebody else being like, all right, time for somebody else to have the throne for a little bit. Maybe some infighting, something like that. I could see it. I would I would want it to be a Tuma. My favorite, there's a lot of my favorite parts. I will say that a lot today. But one big part that I really loved was their greatest warrior being a Tuma versus Wakanda's best warrior oh, being a Koye. Yes. And so I just love that dynamic of, like, these people are too weak. Okoye, you're the only one that can fight me. So Warrior. I want Atuma Warrior. to be the next one that takes the mantle yeah. for uh, Namor. But also, this leads me to my second question, you guys. Will M'Baku have a larger political role in the MCU's future, or do you expect to only see him in Black Panther-related titles? I think Winston Duke wants to play. Yeah, I feel like he's going like, I think dudes want to be everywhere. He's and like, I want that for him. And I feel like everyone loves M'Baku. Like, there's a reason we were like, that guy's got to come back for the next one. So oh, I see yeah. him getting, you know, more exposure. Like Zach, I was also on Rogue Theory. And I talked a lot about uh, Valentina... Uh, Allegra de Fontaine and how she is gonna like make a mark in a lot of things and now that she's like the CIAA like director and I think her now like because she had Everett Ross who was uh treasonous activities with the Wakandans she will have to go and talk to the leader of the Wakandans which is gonna be M'Baku and I just want to see that dynamic and I'm like okay so we can see him being the voice of reason, not voice of reason, but being like the voice for Wakanda a lot throughout anything. Anytime they show up at the UN, it will be M'Baku. What, 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 what if M'Baku brings, uh, brings Ross to the UN and she, she can't do anything about no. it because he's like, this is my hand Sorry. or like this is my interpreter or whatever he wants that, to say that, just that, to bring him around just to put him in everyone else's faces. Like, you guys can't do shit. That's you know? a good like, question is like, they took Everett Ross from that little prison box uh -huh. and now he's in Wakanda. What is M'Baku going to do about that? Is he okay with that? Yeah. He's going to be like, take him back. I, I was <laughs> like, take him back. you the know what? White Wolf. Yeah, it is also it's wild to think of like Mbaka running Wakanda, but think about like he was right about everything in this yes, movie. Yes, yes. He, I mean, sure yes. didn't take his advice. She should have. She oh, got a lot yeah. of her countrymen killed, right? And like, his maturation from the first film. Mm -hmm. Like, I love that his first film arc was wanting power and not knowing how to wield it as maturely as he did here. Now he's gonna have the power that he showed he's worthy of, and it's like a, it's he'll have a three act structure. Like, because yeah, he'll yeah. go from, I want power, I deserve power, I have yeah. power, and we'll get to see how he utilizes that. It, it is a little bit. It's funny, you just mentioned Valkyrie kind of in jest, but, like, yeah. kind of a similar arc, right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. her becoming a leader and, like, earning that yeah. and rejecting it and then whatever. Well, it's yeah. also, he said it in the movie that he was like, I promised your brother I would take care of you. Like, yes. I would listen, I'd be there to listen to you, and I'd be there to protect you. So I'm like, he literally went such a full circle, but I think it was that moment of, like, uh, him dying, the king dying to be like, hey, I need you to watch out for yeah. my sister. Even, gonna have a hard time. Yeah. I even love that in the, the big, you know, Namora attacks Wakanda scene, like, He's out there pulling people out the water, keeping them from drowning, right? Yeah. Like Yanking people with that. He, when yeah. he dropped, I was like, you're going to sink. When he went down, I was like, what's he going to do? My favorite, again, my favorite part, sticking his staff in the water, turning the boat he's oh, on just yeah. to attack dope, that was dope. Such a dumb move. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for my third question, how soon will T'Challa... Mm. The, the baby, the son, take up the mantle of Black Panther, if ever. As prince, will he take control of the throne from M'Baku, or will he get the get a House of the Dragon style series where T'Challa sends a dragon to kill M'Baku or some shit? Genuinely, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just going to say out loud on this. Um, I don't think so, and I think it's because you respect the dead's wishes and they didn't want the pressure of the mantle on him. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we're going to see baby T'Challa ever be like mm. the prince or king, unless literally... Uh, a Shuri dies, 
and Mbaku dies, and they literally are like, we just need to start <laughs> grabbing people. But I think respect the dead, and that was like his wish was like, I don't want him. They just introduced Shuri as a Black Panther. I don't think she's gonna need at least several movies, just even from the mm-hmm. Marvel movie making side. I can't imagine them starting a new Black Panther all of a sudden okay. and aging this kid up just so that they could have a male Black Panther. You think they're gonna age him up though? I think they, they might. I don't pull know. a little Cassie Lang. Yeah, yeah. Cassie you, it's gonna be Catherine Newton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I am from Haiti. Uh, well, like, actually, uh, in uh, in the Ending Explained uh, video, it's up on the New Rockstars channel oh, yeah. right now, MT had, like, an interesting theory, like, because it is, like, this kid's six. Yeah, he's he's not, like, close. He's not, like, 14, yeah. where you could be like, oh, the next movie, he might... No, no, no. He's so far away from being an adult, right? But, like, uh, he pointed out, Kang Dynasty, Kang's out there, time travel's gonna be a thing. You think he's gonna we force him meet, through a time? Or we meet him older. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, true. like cable style, he yeah. just shows yeah. up like, yeah. all yeah. of a sudden. Like, yeah. yeah. That's what they did in Lovecraft Country, and I love that, and I could see that. Kang, 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 Kang doing it here with like going in the future and then like reading the book that your son made and it's an older version. Well, also, um, both of his names are impactful, right? He's, he's not only Prince T'Challa, but his, his, his Haitian name Laurent is a like uh, revolutionary. Yeah, like Laurent a, is someone who represents the Haitian people as someone who overthrew tyranny, right? So I can see them having him be an older Laurent to the public and a mm-hmm. Prince T'Challa in private until he has to reveal himself. Like there might be a moment where his like He's got a secret identity, effectively, like a comic book character. He might reveal himself to be Prince T'Challa in a moment, and I could see that being a thing when he's older. Yeah. Like, he yeah. might stay Laurent in public they, and then become Prince T'Challa. It was a good idea throwing him in at the end credits, but I also think it's like now the door's open for it. They can literally take and use this as many ways as they want, and I would love to see that version of going into the future and seeing him as a what-if episode. I think that's mm. an episode where I'd be okay with, like, seeing it and like feeling it because it is like they just made sure people still haven't even seen it it just yeah, yeah, happened yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's why i'm like yeah. if it's a and what if episodes can still become reality oh. uh they can come into the, the mcu yeah. yeah captain carter hopefully i think with season two they recognize how important season one of what if is and make their characters actually like planted on the ground because mm-hmm. captain carter like died immediately but like yeah. i think they can actually make storylines out of these what well, if characters. season one of what if was one through three they've said that season two of what if is just phase four so i have to imagine he's going to be in it because of how much like they're literally looking at the last three years not the last 14 Mm -hmm. years so i have to imagine but there's 14 movies and and shows they've got a lot to cover yeah we've done almost as much in the last three years exactly yeah uh we're gonna uh get into a lot more black panther we're kind of forever discussion including some of your questions but we want to take a moment to quickly shout out uh, our friends at ButcherBox who help us bring this episode to you. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to answer all your questions. Uh, hey, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. I was thinking while watching Wakanda Forever, there was some food in Wakanda that at the end, happy Wakanda, we see some like grilling of what mm. looked to be chicken or some other uh, bird type uh, food. Mm-hmm. There was maybe bird food. There was, some good, uh, there was some good looking. It was seasoned. It, was it had some crumb. coloration to it. It was over an open fire. I got hungry. Exactly. Um, give me that. Give me that. It's a look fruit look good too. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> when Riri was like, I don't want that fruit, I'm like, I will take that. Fruit. Yeah. Immediately I will learn Look, look at it. An underwater papaya variant. And also the seaweed on display, guys. Variety. All kinds of salads can be made from that. But Thanksgiving's right around the tor- uh, corner, and we're talking turkey, okay? That's what you have at Thanksgiving, and you want a good turkey. If you're the one in charge of cooking the turkey, you gotta do a good job. You gotta have good ingredients, and the best place to get those good ingredients is from our friends at Butcher Box. They take the guesswork out of getting good meats and seafood uh, and poultry. Um, they send uh, a variety of boxes, whatever you're into, if you're into beef or chicken or pork or seafood, right? You can tell them that they send you this like cultivated box of just delicious, high quality stuff, 
all the poultry is free range, all the beef is grass fed, all the um, seafood is wild caught. It is like the nicest stuff. It's good for you, it's good for your family, it tastes delicious. Um, so uh, they also throw in recipe guides and little hacks so you're sure that you're cooking it well. Because sometimes maybe you, maybe you cook one turkey a year. And by the time November rolls around again, you're like, I forgot how I cooked this last year. <laughs> maybe I didn't even do a good job last year. ButcherBox can help you out. Um, we're big fans of, of all their stuff. Every time we get a ButcherBox delivery here at the office, it's like hyenas pouncing on it to be like, I want the pork chops, I want the bacon, I want the salmon. Um, uh, so be your own hyena. And sign up today at butcherbox.com slash breakroom and use code breakroom to get a 10 to 14 pound turkey free Dang. in your first box. They're just throwing in a big old bird for free in your first box. That's butcherbox.com slash breakroom and use code breakroom to claim the deal. Thank you to ButcherBox for supporting the show. Um, okay, now we were talking about uh, we have a lot of other kind of theories about the world of Black Panther and things like that, but I want to talk about the actual movie movie of it all, okay? Um, who was your favorite new character? We met, we met a bunch. They squeezed in a, a surprising amount of new characters into this film. Easily Riri Williams. Oh, okay. Stole, the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, this character really stole it for me. But I also, the second time seeing it, I was like, it wasn't the character. Mm. It was Dominic Thorne. She's wow. so good. She, Mm -hmm. delivered on that role that made me so excited for Ironheart to a degree mm -hmm. that now I'm like hurry up <laughs> come yeah, out show um, does. and also just like I can't wait to learn more about what she can make in an like a little bit of time and then also just more about her family because I want to know more about her dead stepdad uh, I'm with you with Ironheart she uh, when when she came out on stage at Comic-Con she was with like Titans and she still had like an a, like who is she presence like when she spoke in the Hall H stage, when surrounded by people we already love, it's impressive to be able to like stand your ground, hold your own, and be like, you know, have yeah. draw any attention when you're with Winston Duke is next to you and he's got three feet on you. Yeah, he's and like I was so tall. Yeah, yeah, I was so impressed. I'm like, this girl, there's something yeah. about her. And then uh, she was at a couple after parties I went to, and talking to her about the way she perceived the character was not only how exactly I perceive the character selfishly, but also when she spoke in real life, she sounds like a Bendis dialogue. Like mm -hmm. Brian Michael Bendis, who invented Iron Art, has this like pentameter to him. He's got this like Shakespearean. Sorkin flourish and Dominic Thorne sounds like Riri Williams in my head. So the entire time waiting for this movie, I was like, Riri's gonna, like, if they give her enough time, she's gonna steal everything. And then she did. So my expectations for Riri were sky high. She exceeded them. So I cannot wait for the Ironheart show. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna say then someone different. I wanna say Atuma. Because oh. I was expecting I just him. like some, you know, mm. forgetful kind of villain. But it, even with the few lines he had, he, he gave him some character. And even how he had a, he would call out a Koye. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of Bane just showing up mm -hmm. and being like, you know, I'm going to break you. And then and then their fight even had that, like, on the bridge it was silent. I remember you, all you could hear mm -hmm. was like, bing, bing, bing. And it was like so good. so good. And so I was on the edge of my seat. The second time watching it, I thought about that, that bridge scene. And like him putting the oh, staff yeah. in the ground and then whipping it on Koye's Every time head. she would hit, like, I'm like, it's she, silent. I was like, she might not get silent. up from this. Like, yeah. And so his, his little, he didn't have that much screen time, but it made a big impression on me. And I, and I could see that, hey, this could go somewhere. Because a lot of times, especially in the early Marvel phase movies, you know, it's a forgetful kind of villain. Like, you know, don't want to call anybody out, but let's say like Ghost. It's like, okay, you're going to be in Thunderbolts? Cool, because I didn't really get to know you or see mm -hmm. anything about you in Ant-Man and, uh, and the Wasp. But now it's like, oh, we know who Atuma mm. is. And if he He's... comes back, it ends up being the big bad in a, mm. in a Namor movie. Oh, that'd be I, just, I want him Sign to destroy everyone but Okoye. Like, I just want Okoye yes. to be clear. Like, that scene of him always fighting her 
was like yes. so clear. It was like we already knew she was a badass. Oh, we but, knew. like this was a match. This was, was. a match. This big ass man, was. this tiny woman, and they were still a match. Like yes. I loved it. Maybe it so maybe dope. setting up a potential cross species love affair. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, but you said you said a movie. You said like a spinoff. You said yes. a spinoff. Well, uh, I, I was saying like uh, there are two. Well, okay, we're biting into a, a later question. But no, let's let's go ahead and jump into it. Like the two spinoffs I selfishly want to see. First off, I want to see uh, Io, Anika, uh, hot lesbian, yes. uh, Dora Milaje <laughs> uh, romance. I would like to see. I would like to see <laughs> them <laughs> fully explore that and see what like their domestic life is like. How do they decorate? What Fold. are they? What are they yeah. cooking for dinner? Um, I would like to see that. And then like a, um, I was saying like uh, an opposites attract kind of like even Okoye and Riri had a fun chemistry oh, yeah. in their scenes together. Um, and Baku and uh, Okoye. Is a really fun odd couple pairing. Like if that's who kind of comes together to lead the country, and they're like they're kind of like you know always at each other, but like in a really funny way. I agree with that. I want Okoye to get her job back as the general to Mbaku, <laughs> the yeah. king, yeah. and him be like you're nothing, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. just keep fighting about like who's yeah. better. There's so much, and also uh, Namor obviously was like crush this movie, man. Like every time that guy's on screen, you can't take your eyes off him. As far as favorite new character, okay, yeah, sure. real quick, uh, and and. This is hard to pick one. It's also a two hours and 40 minute movie with a lot of scenes. Favorite scene? Hmm. Well, since I just kind of just said it, I'll, I'll throw it out there. The bridge scene was mm-hmm. really cool. But that's when we got to see for the first time, really, what are the Talokans about? And, and then mm-hmm. them, like, so much happened in that with them, with their, now they, they're, with the language that they speak, mm-hmm. with the breathing apparatuses, with the water grenades, and then mm-hmm. the regenerating healing factor. Like, yeah. what is even happening? These guys are no one to mess with. That Holy scene. shit. That was, that was dope. And, and was also when they got in the accident. Oh, yeah. When they got in the accident, that slow motion water behind them exploding, oh, yes. and Okoye in the car flipping, and, uh, uh, Shuri, Shuri literally rolling, flying yeah. midair. Even with her like, um, energy shield that I she was, still got knocked out. I like the, so sorry. No, go. It's around the bridge, so I was just... No, no, not, so, mine's different from the So bridge, the scene right around now. the bridge, I also like the, the chase leading up to the bridge oh, yeah. the bridge scene yeah. because it reminded me, obviously, of the first film. It's got it's got some throwback elements. The but then they part. also added the fact that like this movie was much more geopolitical drama mm-hmm. than James Bond action film. The mm-hmm. first film had, you know, equal parts geopolitical thriller, superhero film, James Bond. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a Bond element. And, and without T'Challa, without Chadwick, you did feel the absence of the bond. So I really like that instead of going like, the movie didn't feel like it was missing an element. It felt like it consciously chose to lean into a different tone because of that chase scene for me. Because I was watching that going, they're acknowledging this aspect, but they're not mm-hmm. trying to replicate it because they are missing their king. So even in the tone of the chase, they use different shots, they use different music, they use different elements mm-hmm. in Boston, which made me happy. But that made you go like, hey, this movie's not going to have that third flavor on it. Mm-hmm. Don't look for it. That way it didn't feel like it was just like, oh, we made a movie without Chadwick. It, it's a movie in honor of Chadwick. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I loved. So it was a side effect of an action scene that I don't usually get where I'm like a plot-based tone element. So that and then the scene after uh, with, with Riri flying for the first time where uh. they all kind of team up leading to the bridge. That whole dynamic, again, Boston bias. Uh, but like they, they're literally flying around a place that means a lot to me and it is a movie about home 
So like I, I've been I've blacked out drunk on that bridge so many times, and like to see it like <laughs> not while in, driving, not while right? driving. No, no, okay. no. I yeah. walked no, that while bridge flying. while flying. My iron suit. He was taking out drones. No, there's a there's yeah. a concert venue called Middle East downstairs, Middle East upstairs, on the other side of the bridge, and I used to live on the other side. So that bridge was like a hope for the best bridge. So to see like <laughs> characters I love fighting on a place that I consider home mm. about a home, like it's the most selfish reason, but. I felt home in watching these characters try to find their home again. And that was really special. Awesome. And then whales jumping out was great. The yeah. whales jumping were great. Uh, I have two, but... <clears throat> so I have two because my first one, again, if you watch my review on the channel, I the, the characters, it was the characters that I loved so much and they uh, explored emotion at a range I've never seen. <laughs> and so Angela Bassett delivering that blow to Koye oh, about, man. haven't I lost everything? And I was like... I, like yeah, it felt like was I was getting yelled at, so I started looking around the theater. And I was like, "Who's getting yelled at?" That delivery of like, she was like, "I I put my whole life into this." I was like, "She did," and then she was like, "I lost my husband, my son, and now my daughter. You are out of your mind." Uh, yeah. But then also my favorite Easter eggs to catch because I got to see it a second time, so I actually were like looking at corners. There's two times the news pops up with Anderson Cooper. The first time we see that uh, at the bottom it reads that Scott Lang is on a tour right now for his famous podcast. And uh, so that's probably why we see in the Quantumania trailer, he's always being high-fived and on red carpets and doing everything. And didn't he have a book in Miss Marvel? That yeah, we the, were no, also... the podcast was in was oh, featured it wasn't, in Miss okay, Marvel. Oh, it was in yeah. the podcast. Okay, sweet. So that's what he's been doing. He's very famous. The second time is when Ramona dies. Uh, you see underneath, it's about... Uh, a legal thing that happened in New Asgard. Now I say legal thing because it ha that it's a split second. <laughs> they say Ramona dies, and then it turns off, and all you see is New Asgard court, and it's legal a, thing. Yeah, da, da, legal know, thing. Dot dot. Jessica, yeah, yeah. you can't think, pay attention. Do you think yeah. if it said court, do you think that means it was like legal, like a legal court, or do you think that means like the oh, court King's, of the king? King's you court. know. Oh, I immediately went to She-Hulk and remember mm. the, the, the person yeah, changed the, faces. I though. went to that, and mm. I was like, maybe they're talking about how there's more people like that that are just duping people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it could go because remember the whole Sokovia Accords. I'm, we yes. were wondering how it works in New Asgard if they count as new. Uh, it's a yeah. Lot. As, as power um, yeah. Or yeah. Well, it was like because New Zealand or not New Zealand. They're in um, Switzerland. Wait, where is New, new Asgard? New Asgard? No, it's in Nova Scotia, Canada. Norway. Norway. Okay. I was like, wow. I guess they're in Canada. When you they said Canada, Canada, I was like, that's yeah. not correct. Tunsgard, no. Norway. In Norway, Frishy Hulk had to do like such a deep dive to figure out for legal law was uh, if it they can still abide by their own laws within Sure, Norway. if they're a sovereign nation yes. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said um, Canada. I, I, know. <laughs> I don't know where. I got that because we have some, some wonderful uh, Canadian Canada? chatters, like Christian Unpronounceable and some other folks. My favorite scene. Boy, that introduction to the Tolokans on that like mining vessel, oh. and like how cold as ice they are, and how like we don't get good looks at them for a while in there. The siren the, call, yeah, the I had no idea thing. they were gonna do the siren Drowning thing. People. How creepy Drowning that was, people. and they're cold-blooded. We see them like in a movie that like often doesn't show a lot of blood, right? Like yeah. there's a lot of violence in but, this, but fight yeah. scenes that don't have a lot of blood. But like those Tolokans are, are dark, right? That reminds me of Selkies, you know, you know, like the, the Celtic myth of the Selkies, how they call you into the ocean to drown you. Yeah. Like I like that the Atlanteans had this like they, Selkie aspect. To I did like that it was kind of sireny, where they were like, we're not mermaids, but it's also like, let's do this. We got water stuff. Yeah, we got, we got, we got some water stuff. stuff. Yeah, some of that's basically reality. Here we go. Um, <laughs> real quick, we we got introduced to basically a, a well, a, a, a synthetic heart-shaped mm -hmm. herb, obviously. But also, like, the Tolokan version of the heart-shaped herb, some other kind of glowing plant that grows in, algae in vibranium. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, algae bloom or something like that yeah. that grows in vibranium-rich soil. Which one of those plants would you rather take? 
I'm gonna go OG. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm going non-GMO. I don't want a genetically modified <laughs> heart-shaped herb. I'm going organic, free-range. Wait, between classic. the three, I thought it was just like the heart-shaped herb we have now, or like like the T'Challa underwater. era. No, you can't choose that one. You have to choose the one oh, today. Oh, oh, I didn't realize I couldn't choose yeah, the no, authentic. No, you Excuse can't. me. You choose the new Thanks, one. Thanks, Killmonger. You like it. <laughs> Way to take away the actual <laughs> heart. Yeah. Yeah. All of us. He did. So it's between... Uh, this one, the new one we have. Uh-huh. That's the genetically synthetic. mixed. Yeah, the, synthetic, GMO, yeah. the GMO. The GMO heavy one. The Monsanto Or the one underwater that is also technically could be the Monsanto Yeah, they're both Monsanto herbs. Um... Well, I guess I'll take the corn syrup uh, lab grown. I'm going to take the 3D printed because I trust Shuri's science. That's a good one. I would, also, trust <laughs> I would also take that one, but that's also because I just don't want to be underwater. Yeah. I don't want to be underwater. It's very limiting. It is very limiting. And then when you yeah. want to come out, you're like, ooh, I can't breathe. <laughs> so yes. I don't want to really do it. Yeah, but I do love the blue skin. Don't get yeah. Me yeah. You know, I, I kind of, I want the water one, you know? I, I, I love going swimming. I love being, yeah. I, you know, and I like drinking a lot of water. Yeah, and also two-thirds of the, the two-thirds of the world's covered in water. Yeah, exactly. You got, you got more that landscape. Uh, you guys yeah. Well, yeah. I can swim between the islands. I don't got to wait for a plane or anything. Yeah, it'd be great. We talked about this briefly, and I don't know this, so if you guys know the answer. So he, they can swim in ocean water and fresh water. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Well, because presumably when he first met Ramonda and Shuri, that was a freshwater river. Yeah, right. Because right? the elephants were drinking the water or whatever, and they right? In the ocean. Yes. Yeah. So they could definitely so do they both, can go both. Presumably. Okay. Yeah. 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 like some kind of bulletproof skin, perhaps. Because yeah. you gotta be able to dance. dance. So yeah. that their, their texture you can't, you can't breathe air, but you know, you, yeah. you can and you know, there are some species bullets that T'Challa can do, which I, I assume sure he can keep up and more. I imagine, like, if you're blending two sets of powers. Oh, that's right. So I think Shuri's is gonna be to, 3D printed with a little extra what judge. What animals did he get to ride? T'Challa and Shuri, none. Because the other tribe was the one that had the rhinos. I get to ride mm. killer whales. Yeah, <laughs> killer whales, humpback oh, whales. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Sharks, we didn't see a great white shark. Shape herb animal riding. Well, it is part of a culture. It. I haven't also, seen it. Also, with the heart-shaped herb, you get to trip balls. You get to, <laughs> you get to trip <laughs> so hard that you see your you ancestors, see okay? Yeah, that's, we didn't get any sense or, of that or from cousins the... cousins you really don't like. That's yeah, right. That's yeah. true. There's a little DMT there, action. Uh, side, 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 yeah. side note, there is a quick SNL sketch about this with Keenan Thompson. Please go watch it because he was the uncle that just cooks burgers. The <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, anybody want horseradish? And they're like, leave us out of it. It's the funniest. Uh, and it has Chadwick Boseman. It has Chadwick Boseman. Uh, it's great. Real, real quick, and this is a very practical question, mm-hmm. okay? Especially for folks that have seen the film Twice this is now. not a practical Now, uh, we've talked about two hours, 40 minutes. You add trailers on top of that. That's three hours. If you're, if you're grabbing yourself a tasty beverage to drink during this, right, unless you've got a superhuman bladder, you might need to go pee during this movie. So is there a scene that comes to mind that is like, okay, right when this comes up, you can run out. If you're back in 90 seconds, you won't miss anything that'll ruin the movie for you. I know this scene, and also I thought of you because I drank three cans of Sprite. Oh, man. I drank three cans of Sprite, didn't leave once. <laughs> I don't take this with a grain of salt as soon as you see Nakia again. Okay, yeah. As soon as you see her again. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, because okay. like, just all you need to know is that Nakia gets recruited to come back to Wakanda. Yeah. There's no other important information that comes out there. Some nice acting from Lupita Nyong'o, but I think yeah. that, that's a good one. And it's about halfway. And, then you see, and you see her again, and she recites exactly why she yes. didn't show up to the funeral to Koya. One thing that's I'll true. say is, do not leave during any underwater stuff. No, never. <laughs> It's so funny, that's mine. I'm a monster, and I think all of the dialogue is essential. All of it. So, I'd say, like, as soon as Shuri goes underwater and it takes what? them... No, it's so no. incredible it looking. It takes them, like, an hour and a half. And he has to have the jet stream. Wow. That is so awesome. The song. Yeah, yeah, still a good body yeah, in that Literally, 
it takes the more, he's like, we'll take the scenic route. And I respect that. He's showing her off the kingdom. But you can go, you can go and come back with plenty of time. No, you ever see Talakon? I, I disagree. We all disagree. You, you, you disagree. get the sense of Talakon without having to take the, the no, scenic route. No, you can't. You it's very stunning. No, if, but now, there's if, no dialogue missed. For all of our blind viewers, um, the yeah, time. there's not as much for you to <laughs> absorb then because it's mostly but a visual But the audio description thing, must be off the chain. And also the song yeah, is like beautiful. Like a, that song is the song that stuck with me. I'm just saying it's the only time you don't have any plot missed. I heard you're wrong. I was going to say, if you're going to be really fast, then maybe right when the helicopter starts arriving to the ship, you got time. Because uh, by the time you get back, you're going to see a jellyfish. You're not going to miss much. So, oh, like, oh yeah, when, a when, little bit. Long. But that's so early in the movie. That's why I'm saying just gone. Just for people like you. No, but, if, but the previews. There's like half an hour previews. You know, you pounded your drink by then already. Also, it's gone. Yeah, popcorn's gone. Get a refill. I was going to say during Perfect. during previews. I know, like it's been out for a while, but like, do not go during the Ant Man: The Last Quantum Mania trailer. Mm. Seeing that trailer on the big screen, yes. I was like, it hit different. It was like that trailer is so good. I leaned over. I was watching it with a coworker from New Rockstars. I was like. Is Marvel making these trailers too good? Like, are they setting our <laughs> expectations unfairly high? Because we were just talking about the Wakanda Forever first trailer oh. is maybe one of the best trailers so ever. Goosebumps I mean, the the music and the everything, everything. it's yes. ridiculous. And that Quantum trailer is so good. I would almost go see a movie just to, if I knew that was playing again. But um, okay, well, I don't know if we got a definitive answer on that. But so um, I've got a thing I definitely want to talk about because it is my favorite scene element in maybe any film this year. Uh, like it is, it is a part of the movie that I think is very unique to this film, awesome. and it's very, especially bold <laughs> for a superhero film. I love the use of silence in this film, yeah. and it's the first thing I brought up in my non-spoiler review, and it's the first thing I thought the second time I watched it. And I love that grief is all-encompassing, and that sorrow feels heavy, and that we live in a society that is so stimulating, and it's a cacophony of sight and sound at all times. Like, TikTok is like, if you don't get the first three seconds, you're out. Like, there is a, a world we live in that is bombarding, so any silence makes you immediately introspective, and it also makes you immediately, sometimes uncomfortable. And I thought the use of silence in this not only made us reverent for Chadwick, it also made us uncomfortable in a way that made you feel the grief because your 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 walls drop immediately. As soon as there's silence, it's like going to an elevator. Why are elevators so uncomfortable? Because it's silent. So I love that Ryan Coogler was able to manipulate sound in a way that it went from action, action, stimuli, oh my God, to I'm immediately broken. And the movie opens beautifully with one of the best Marvel fanfares I've ever seen in a, in a tribute to Chadwick that uses the wind from the end of the film. So the very last scene and the very first scene are mirrors. It's a bookend. You get the wind of her thinking. And I, I would argue the last scene leading into the post credit scene, the use of silence there is amongst my favorite sound design in a film. So I think the silence in this film is the best character. The MVP of this film for me is the sound design. You heard me. I know I did. I sorry. I looked at a super chat that says Mbaku can break my back. It <laughs> 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 was a super chat. It was a super chat. I'm sorry. It's okay. But I, I agree. Said, it meant a lot to me. I agree. The silence in movies is uh, is like a treat that we don't like. Uh, we don't consume enough, and it it's, it speaks so much. That intro with Chadwick Boseman, I was like, why don't they do this more often? I was like, why don't we give this more often? It hits harder when we see that. And then I was looking at every little marble nook and cranny of the lettering to be like, this is where he came from. Look at each one of these parts of these movies that mm -hmm. around phase three and phase four. And I was just like, I love this man so much. And there's different parts in the scene, like the bridge scene where the fighting is yeah, completely I noticed, I noticed they had a lot of really interesting It makes it feel choices, like, yeah. not, not the beginning of the Marvel, but the, the bridge scene makes it feel like they're dancing. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's authentic poetic. And I say this again in my review too, that I'm like, it's all just poetic. It's all beautiful. And when it's silent, you really get a taste of that. 
I mean, and no shade on Thor 4, but yeah, look at the difference between the rock and roll version of mm. intro of the Marvel cinematic thing. We're like, oh, okay, this is a little bit different. So when that, I remember that felt like you hit, hit the nail on the head. It was uncomfortable, but in a in a way that, you know, of, of, of to sit with your feelings and your thoughts. And, and there were a lot of moments, I don't know about you guys, but in the theater, there was so much silence in the audience. Like, yeah. Not mm-hmm. a word. Dead and when the credits silence. hit and the Rihanna song came on, no clapping. Everyone was silent, just just watching it, I remember thinking like, man, this is so heavy. And yeah, you so feel like a ways. shell of a human, right? Yes, exactly. In Infinity War, I thought we'd never get that kind of impact again because the Infinity War silence was arguably 12 years of lead up. Right. The silence at the opening of this film mm. is our reality versus the MCU reality. Yeah. The silence you feel in the opening of Wakanda Forever is the silence of our respect for the real Chadwick Boseman. The silence at the end of Infinity War is our respect for characters that mm. are fictional. Right. And I really appreciate the fact that they were, were trusting the audience to have respect for Chadwick and T'Challa. Do you understand how much you do? I know you do. I'm, I'm saying this because <laughs> I feel like I'm at a church. I feel like I'm in church. The How beautifully Ryan Coogler did it after having to reconstruct everything thing and put it out in less than two years. The fact that even got and a I'm movie like, out is yeah, freaking exactly. amazing. Yeah, exactly. And it's so gorgeous. It looks like someone wrote a book and then translated into a screenplay and came out with it like seven or ten years later. And I'm like, this is so insane. But it's so easy, but it's also not. It's and When I say it's easy, it's like, uh, you see it and you're like, oh yeah, you can convey this, but also you can't. Ryan Coogler did a really good job of diving into his own heartbreak and putting it into the film. And now I've got a controversial take. I'm gonna kill you. I, I, after <laughs> I had to deliver my favorite, my favorite thing is the silence. I think that Namor in this is the exact right Namor for the film. I think the use of Namor for this story is the exact correct thing. I think the use of this story was what we needed to tell for Wakanda. I think the storytelling in this is perfect. But I think mm-hmm. that this is the most different a comic character is from yeah. a movie character that yeah. works. But I did not see Namor on that screen. I saw the Tolokan leader, Kuku Khan. I don't think that felt like Namor more than 15% of the time. 85% of the time, I was like, well, this is Wakanda's Namor, but I never felt a sense of arrogance. I felt confidence. I never felt a threat. I felt hosting. He literally was like, come, see my kingdom. Namor, in, in my mind, you should fear Namor to the level that you're confused, that you want to like him. And at this characterization, I'm like, if Sue Storm leaves her kind of absent-minded genius, a little bit cantankerous husband, Reed mm-hmm. Richards, for this guy, I'm like, good for her, good choice. Like, he's someone that I'm like, like, Sue deserves him. He seems nice. No. So, like, it didn't work for me because I, I, like, wanted to be friends with him. I don't want to be friends with Namor. No, I feel like you wouldn't want to become friends with this guy because the the the... It's not like, I, I want to say hot-headedness, but it's just like the immediate uh, just recognition of like, oh, I got to kill these people. The the fact that it was like a 360 of immediately like, no, I'm going to kill this little girl. So I don't that care. That's protecting and, versus arrogant. Well, no, the thing is, how are you protecting by doing more damage? It's still, it feels like the Killmonger situation where it was like, we got to kill him first before he gets us. And it's like, okay, but then that's 10 fingers pointing back at you that are going to come back to you and your nation. You can kill all of Wakanda, but then you think the the entire world won't look for you. So that's where I'm like... But he not- already made the blame on Wakanda. He was very good about being like, they're going to go after them. I'm, I'm a secret nation. Like, no, at no point- I think so too. But I, I just think it's like... Oh, no, and not to cut you off. I no. meant that I don't... Th- I think that's still translated. And I think that was also needed for Ryan Coogler to be like, you need to like this guy even though he's bad. And I think that's the part of the comics that I think we did get was the fact of like, he is really bad. <laughs> and not really bad. I understand where his justification is. And I love his justification. Ryan Coogler will always do that for me. But it's like, it was so quick. And he didn't think about it. And he was just like, no, I just have to kill them. And you should be on our side or you're going to be my enemy. He didn't really 
it wasn't really Maybe thought this about. character is something you can grow into because, again, there's so much happening in this movie. I'm the sure fact that all. they yeah. even had time to, to come up with a new origin story, come up with a new character yeah. characterization, and then still have a, this actor bring something new to the table was pretty impressive. So maybe like Loki and the first Thor to mm-hmm. Avengers, they're, maybe they're they're going to have more of that later. And I'm know? not, I'm, I'm certainly yeah. not disparaging the actor or oh, the sure. choice. I literally think it's the best choice for Wakanda forever. Yes. I'm just acknowledging that usually when a character, and this is interesting because it's adaptation versus translation. Mm -hmm. The beautiful thing about the Guillermo del Toro Hellboy movies is that they're adapted for Guillermo. Like Hellboy in Guillermo's universe are those stunning lush pair of films. The David Harbour film felt like they were trying to translate the comic, fell flat because it was like, why are you trying to film a comic book? You can't film a comic book. The beautiful thing about comic books is the moment you turn the page, the moment you go from panel to panel, your imagination fills in all the gaps. You're living as the director, the actor, the cinematographer, the curator, like you're the creator in the comic books, why I love them so much. When you're making a film, you have to somehow justify your personification of the character in a way that translates to the editor, to the the actor, to the director, to the storyteller, to everybody. So that's why these movies are so magical is, is you're literally doing alchemy. You're making gold out of so many disparate parts, but rarely does it work when the comic character that we have such investment in, as big as Nemor, does feel so mm. different. So I'm giving credit while acknowledging that the whole time I was watching, I was like, it's not my guy, but I'm even, listening. Right, right, even right. when he well, says Imperius Rex. And, Imperius uh, Imperius Rex. He says it so also, calmly. I know, no, I want him to be screaming. No, when no, he no. says, it was like the Avengers like, Assemble when, uh, when he's like, Avengers Assemble. Well, and <laughs> I was, uh, I'll, just, I'll just throw out too. I don't think this movie's made for comic book fans. I think this movie needs to make a billion dollars. Comic yeah. book sells 60,000 copies, well, right? Like, I think, like, this is him saying, like, the there's enough kind of raw material there. But I also, I want this to speak to, like, Mesoamerica and indigenous yeah. peoples. And it needs to be, like, even like just never saying. Yeah, even just taking out, yeah. taking out Atlantis. Like, sure, that's, like, such an important part of the character. But also, like, oh, taking out Atlantis and grounding it in something that it does exist in that's real life. That's actually good. Right? Like, I think you maybe have to lose some of that. Because also, if you want this guy to be the Black Panther, but for indigenous peoples in Mesoamerica, like, maybe you can't have him be an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? That's, like, why, that's why I'm saying I was really happy to be, like, I have both thoughts, and it didn't ruin my experience. Because mm-hmm. a, a more immature thought process, or even, like, 10 years ago when comic films weren't as common, I'd have been like, not my name or. But instead, I'm like, oh, this beautiful translation, adaptation, yeah. experience, this totally worked for me over here. Yeah, I would, I would argue it's better than the comic version. Come for me, Marvel <laughs> fans. I don't care. Um, uh, real quick, I just want to shout out uh, somebody else that helps us. Sorry. We got, we got some, uh, Tom has some theories, Koi has some other thoughts that we're going to get to. And we, again, we want to get to all your questions and thoughts real quick. But uh, we want to shout out, uh, taking a break from Marvel briefly, talk about DC's Batman The Audio Adventures that's streaming on HBO Max. Yes, uh, an audio series on HBO Max. One with an incredible cast, Jeffrey Wright, Jillian, uh, who's the Jillian from Community? Jacobs. Jacobs, thank you. I almost said Anderson from X-Files, but that is, she's not in this show. It doesn't um, help that when they were coming out with the movie, they accidentally tagged that. Yes, Jillian. Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, Rosario Dawson, uh, Chris Parnell, uh, incredible cast. It's streaming live on, or it's streaming, the second season is streaming on HBO Max. You can watch that, and it's great. Jeffrey Wright actually plays Batman's voice, uh, and it covers kind of like all the rogues gallery that we love, Scarecrow, Catwoman, uh, Harleen Quinzel. They're all in there. I know you got HBO Max. You're watching House of the Dragon. You're watching Euphoria. You're watching, you're getting jazzed for Succession season four. White Lotus is out right now. Uh, While you're watching those things, hey, take some time. Maybe while you're cooking and you can't watch the TV, but you want to be hearing some awesome uh, Batman content, Click over and watch uh, the second season of DC's Batman The Audio Adventures streaming now on HBO Max. 
Again, that's DC's Batman The Audio Adventure streaming now on HBO Max, season one and two, available. Nice. Great. Well, uh, let's see. Um, you want to start? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I guess. Yes. All right. Let's see. So I had uh, coming out of the movie. You know, we all, as you can tell, we all have a lot of opinions. We all love the movie, and or maybe you didn't, but it gave, it gave us a lot to talk about. And I left really with a lot of questions about the culture of Talokan, because again, mm -hmm. we had such a. You know the movie and all you know and, and mm. all things considered that this was a very short movie to have so mm -hmm. many things in it mm -hmm. and the fact that they were able to uh, to build out the world as much as they did was amazing. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about a little bit of the Talokan uh, Talokan lore. Like, well, what is this deal about them maybe being able to cheat death on the bridge? What, what do you mm. think that's about? I think like, it's why, why they made it a point to stop the movie and tell the audience yeah. this is happening, this is weird, but then it didn't really come back. I was thinking about that too. And is it? And please correct me. Uh, is it because the fact that they ingested the like vibranium soiled like the 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 plant the underwater plant they like physically ingested it like Black Panther kind of does mm. um, because I was like yeah this and then I guess over time maybe that genetic makeup has changed yeah because they, the they are mutants now right like they they well, all mutated or was it like, just, he, I think it's just well he's the, the, the mutants like mutants he, yeah right. they, they mutated yeah they oh yeah, yeah. sorry sorry so yes, as yes, in yes. like in the, yes, in, the, yes. in the in the IRL sense not yes no yeah they were now they're something else they changed into something else so I can see them being uh, uh, maybe like Black Panthers, they, we don't know like how that works with the ancestral plane, right? Black Panther has access to death. He has access to that spiritual realm. What if their access is being connected to it by living forever? Because Namor mentions that I have as many soldiers as blades of grass in Wakanda. That sounds to me like people don't die. Yeah. If there's that many people and three quarters of the planet's underwater, we don't know how big, that's just the capital yeah. city. We don't know how big this is, his realm. Mm -hmm. So there could be billions of them because they don't die. And they last, they live forever. Right, 1600s is not recent. Or yeah, well he does, though it, it's it, I mean, they do die. They One got killed on screen, the, the sound, right, with the, the sonic gun. gun like, she died gun. before our eyes. So it is interesting. It, it also makes you wonder, I think somebody brought up before we were recording, like, maybe they just are relatively immune to vibranium. Yeah, she was all were. stabbing them with her vibranium spear, oh. and they kind of shook that off. But, but maybe they got shot with the vibranium sonic yeah, boom, boom gun. Yeah. The sonic boom gun. They also the didn't seem to have many problems itself. with bullets, too, yeah. I guess. So but, I keep yeah. grabbing your hand because I agree no, with no, everything no. you've said. Yeah, we talked about it again, sorry, bringing it up, uh, with Rogue Theory, that I also think that it was a situation of uh, maybe there are gatherers, and then there's the warriors, or fighters. So it's like mm. maybe this woman didn't have the abilities that the fighters do in the armies, because we saw there was different mm. gender side. There was men and women that were fighting on the ship, but some don't go. So I was yeah, like, maybe point. there's like, some genetically that can. And the Tuma was bulletproof, but not the minions around him, right? So there was a well, little bit of that. I don't know, because it was shooting off his armor. It was shooting. Oh, so she was just perfectly hitting the armor? <laughs> yeah. Because the other dudes at the chopper, they were getting murked. They were getting, they were getting dropped quick. But yeah. Atuma was just standing there, and he's like, perfectly hitting all my shark teeth. Mm -hmm. like, I, thought, I, I, I took it to mean that he was maybe more invulnerable than the yeah. others. And so mm -hmm. I wasn't really sure how that went. But obviously, they have some extra powers. I mean, we've talked about the, the sound attacks that they do. What's that about? Um, you know, now this ability to cheat death. And, and the other thing I was wondering is, because uh, kind of, you can't help but look at it as a mirror to the Aquaman franchise, the Aquaman yeah. character. So in Aquaman, you know, he can very much talk to the animals. You know, it's like the and he can call them all. Do does do they all talk to animals in this? Because they're all riding the humpback whales. Mm -hmm. It they're seemed all, to me like there was a more open like yes, they, they all communicate versus him being right. Or, it didn't I seem mean, like a thing that I guess it's also like I mean, do do cowboys talk to horses? 
Uh, well, the thing is, you know, spending, maybe they're just domesticated yeah, humpbacks. You know what I mean? They've, they've trained them, right? Like, yeah. I mean, culturally, there's a different impact with people and different, like any kind of spiritual animal. So I think they have a spiritual and connect, mental connection to these animals, especially because they're staying underwater with these animals for X amount of years. It's like you learn to coexist, and the more probably started that thread. So I'm pretty sure that they're all just like. Connected. Also, or maybe it's like the the border tribe where they raised and trained the rhinos. So you're saying maybe oh, they yeah. maybe they generationally they, we yeah, domesticated, yeah, they, they domesticated humpback like, whales. Yeah. They don't have like a, a, a psychic connection with the rhinos. They've just right. trained them. Like like again, people train horses or. Yeah. But there's a lot of cultures that do believe that they have psychic connections too, or mental connections to different animals. And there's a lot of there's a lot of cat owners that believe that they have a deep <laughs> psychic connection to their cats. I am amongst. Them. I do not. You do. You inspired cat. There you go. I love that. And again, we, we, we were talking about like, there's so much to this culture and I like that they didn't over explain oh, yeah. very much of it. Mm-hmm. You just get hints, you just get visual things, you just get like, oh, that's interesting. They didn't go into the details of, of the crazy siren call thing that makes people go to their death, yeah. right? We just saw it once or twice and it was dope. And like, I like that we didn't get a lot of backstory there, right? And, and, like, and, and I want to point out that that's really hard to do, to thread that needle of, here's some interesting things, but it's not going to make you wonder like, why the hell is this random? Why is this happening? Like, mm-hmm. it, to, to leave the door open a little bit to make you interested to want to learn more, but not to just flat out contradict or have things seem to be there just for for no reason other than yes. for the sake of time in the movie. It's, it's a really difficult um, task. And again, Ryan Coogler, there you go. Uh, and and we, had, we had a couple other Tolokan questions, but I want to get to some questions from the audience here. There's some really good ones. Uh, Bernard Makuai, I'm sorry, I'm probably butchering your name there, Bernard, but um, uh, during your interview, this is a question for Jessica, what was a question that you didn't get to ask that you wish you did? I really want to know the backstories to Atuma and Namora. And that was like the first question I was like, because this might go over the five minutes, but I was like, I genuinely didn't get a lot of like, what's your relationship to Namora? And I wanted to know what that relationship was, where it started. Especially for those actors and their performance, right? Like, because I mean, you can look up a comic book backstory or whatever, but like, what are they taking into it, right? Specifically, I wrote like, what did Ryan Coogler tell you your connection with Namora was? Yeah, um, I love and because it could I got be. Too, sorry, I got too nervous. Oh no, no, no! There's only so much time. But yeah. like, also because like you could see it being like, oh, soldier to a general. But you could also see it being like, um, you know, a, a, a god a to a follower, right? Like, mm. this is my my Jesus, I my water the, Jesus. This is my Jesus. I interpreted the feathers that the others wore that were like his tribal leaders as like an honorary thing because of the feathers on his feet. Like I saw it as like we're yeah. worshiping, like he's the god. We don't have feathers. We're paying homage to him with these ceremonious feathers. And I love that that mirrored the real cultures that have feathers. Yeah. Wings, yes, but more so I think the feathered serpent god. I think right. yeah, the yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah, why he's yeah, called yeah, that, right? Yeah, because yeah. they made uh, that cool little rattlesnake sound. I was like, oh, that's why the name. Yes. Uh, and real quick, Mikey Cheers wanted to know, and I think he's referring to when, and again, in a brutal fight scene, what? he gets Slip one of his four uh, ankle uh, wings uh, ripped yes. off by Shuri. Mm. Uh, will that grow back? I think so. Oh, 100%. He's regenerative. 100%. The regenerative plus, I mean, like, let's look at the business side of things. You gotta, you gotta fly. I mean, like, if you're gonna make a, if you're gonna make a name or two, uh, <laughs> no, you you just, you're just gonna skate in circles yeah, in the sky. I mean, could we get, he can yeah. turn left. Yeah, could, yeah. We get, could we get a roadie situation where he's got one mechanical wing? Oh, oh God! Made him. Yeah, Maybe sure we'll make him yeah. all the time. Yeah. Right, they got vibranium. It down looks there. like the little thing from freaking Harry Potter. Yeah, it's the little snitch <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Fish on a bike had a good one. Why didn't Shuri point oh, out boy. to Namor 
Namor, uh, that Riri is just a brilliant student and not actively searching for vibranium or working with the government. Um, well, I, I think like one thing there is because like that wouldn't have mattered. He doesn't care what yeah. her motives are. Oh, yeah. He cares that she has the knowledge to, to make vibranium detectors and anybody with that knowledge needs to yep. be murdered, right? right? Like, they can't live anymore oh, if you know how to do yeah. that. Yep. He yeah. did not care. They were like, this is a young girl and he was like, the scientist must die. Yeah, yes. like, he did not want any more information. Yeah. Exactly. Also, she, bike, hello. She also, yeah, adding uh, Pacific Northwest That's for my life. Boy. That's my boy. Um, he, sorry, I was saying, I don't know why I was fishing on a bike. I was uh, gendering you as female, but. Uh, Nerdy by nature, do you think yeah. we could see T'Challa's son in the Young Avengers? I think that's a huge reason you introduce uh, him in addition to obviously the, the connection to the character and like having T'Challa in the MCU being so important. But this is the youngest uh, character yeah. of them all possibly. Yeah, like, toddler Avengers almost. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's like, oh, he can hang out with the pet Avengers that are coming. Yeah. But uh, I feel like Eli Bradley, are, uh, Eli Bradley is one of the youngest, right? He seemed like 12 or 13 yeah. uh, in, in Falcon Winter Soldier. Falcon Soldier? Oh, see, that, I know. thought it was like 16. Well, yeah, I guess Tommy, Tommy, and, Tommy and Billy yeah. are oh, probably... No, wait, no, those kids are like 11. <laughs> but yeah. we think yeah. they're getting... Re do, don't we think we're getting recasted? Maybe. Tommy and Billy? Yeah. Probably. I don't think... And I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if they're going okay. to... I, I thought they were going to... But no matter what, we got at least a 10-year range, yeah. right? Because yeah. Kate Bishop is like 20. So even if, yes. if, if yeah. Wanda and Billy are, are 11, that's a nine-year spread. So yeah. I think it's very possible that, you know, either a Kang, like I said, we see him in the future, or we allow for Young Avengers to be a span of ages, which I do think ties into the whole Kamala's Law thing. You need someone very young and and earnest and, and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. That way, if there's a threat, you're like, there's children fighting in this Yeah, we world. don't want that you kid to mean? die. Yeah. yeah you, you need there to be a person where you're like, that's yes. inappropriate. And Kate Bishop's like, I'm voting. Like, she's, she's yeah. not a young yeah, 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 yeah. I could maybe she's be your driving mom. Them yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. not young. Uh, yeah, yeah. uh, Corey and Julie had a great question. Did they get blipped in Tolokan? I mean, half I of assume, all organisms, I right? They, had to. they just didn't the address it, but yeah. they're in the universe, so they yeah. must have. And they probably just assumed something happened, and then when everyone came back, they were like, okay, we're not going to get involved. Well, and bloop. And like, wait, it, what happened? They probably <laughs> were mourning. If honestly. you've been following, yeah. we did an episode of The Break Room last week where we talked about, like, uh, Ryan Coolers talked a little bit about his original plot for this mm -hmm. film before Chadwick's untimely passing was going to involve, it was still going to involve grief. It was going to involve him dealing with the grief of losing half of his people getting them back, but still like, what's that done to the country? So you could see like that being a motivator for Namor too and that yeah. version of the script. Yeah. Um, Abe the Archer saying, was that Bost that Shuri saw and not Ramonda? Is that like when she oh, had the when second? Yeah. I love that. Also the quick mention of Bast, uh, when is when she- She says- Okay, the second mentioning of Bast <laughs> was when she was uh, about to go into the ancestral plane and uh, uh, Lupita uh, Nakia said, um, only got only boss can know how to do mm. this with in a science lab. Yes, and I would love for nothing more for Angela Bassett to be the like representation of what boss is. Oh, but I do know. think we did see boss technically in, in Thor: Love, Love and Thunder. Thunder. Yes. But I would love for that. To, oh, I would love for Angela Bassett that would to be. be yeah. so good. that would be so. Perfect. Yeah, like the, the Mother Earth, but for yeah. Wakanda, oh, right? My yeah, God. Um, I love it. Do you think? Uh, Nick uh, Marmalejo saying, uh, do you think Namor, Namor is playing the part to use Wakanda later? For sure, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That, that last scene, he was like, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, he said so he much. He drew on scene. that wall and said, I'm coming back. Which I'll, speaks to what you were saying with like, I might get the more comic, like, I, and I'm very open-minded to it, but that would sure, be how sure. we get, like, maybe he's like, well, I've already manipulated the greatest land nation yeah. now, I'm, and that and, guy. Right, and right, right. maybe now he's like, he has even more to lose. He's also been whooped, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, maybe he had a hit to his pride. Maybe he does turn a little darker, maybe. Yeah. 
future things. He could also go the opposite and be like a better dude, right? I like, can't wait till he has to, because they mentioned, Ryan Coogler mentioned how he's like as strong as Thor and the Hulk, and when he has to go against the Thor or the Hulk mm-hmm. is going to be and, the day of reckoning and like when we he said, realizes. he's going to be like, Thor, meet me in this pool, yeah. okay? <laughs> Get in the water. I, I will. Yeah, We're not, they ain't fighting chlorine? in Scottsdale. What they about? ain't fighting... <laughs> They yeah. ain't fighting it's in like, Death I'm Valley. I'm back from the Canyons, Hulk, and I'll fight you over here. <laughs> right. I'll meet you in Vegas. Um, <laughs> uh, Victor A. asking, what happened to the queen really threw me off. Anybody else shocked oh. at a certain moment? Oh, hell yeah. Yes and well, no. I, I we... was say that moment. It was like, there's still more loss? Like, I almost we... couldn't handle it. I was like, how much is there? On this show, we said, who's going to die? And I said Ramona. Oh, <laughs> I said it would be her. Because I was like, it can't be Mbaku. I don't think we got enough of him. And I was like, I don't think it's going to be Nakia. And I was like, it's either going to be Ramona or Koye. And look mm. at what we got. And it, it looked just, like for a moment it was going to be a Koye. Oh, yeah, On that bridge, yeah. I thought like, ooh, are they about to kill a Koye? Like, yeah. The, oh, when, uh, when uh, Atuma was fighting. Yes, fighting her. Yeah. One interesting thing, again, another Thor parallel in the sequel movie. Uh, the queen dies because yep. Thor's mom died in the th- dark world, and yeah, queen's gotta die. <laughs> yeah, queen's, queen's gotta, gotta die. die. <laughs> Obviously, the post-credit scene, like with with young Prince oh, yeah. T'Challa, when you see his silhouette in the background, I immediately gasp. Like the moment you see her holding hands with somebody's wearing yeah, like, a red yellow shirt, I was like, I was "Who's like, this kid?" I didn't even. Oh, the moment I saw, I was like, "And then my second viewing, are you talking about the first time you saw him at the school? Yeah. So the second time I watched it, he's the kid that says hi, that brings him to Nakia. He's literally the little boy. He's like grandma. Wow. He greets her like they that, like very comfortably, and oh. then when she mentions like, "Have you met him?" Like they'd clearly met. There was a familiarity in Haiti, which I love. There's also another little part <laughs> where right at the river when they're talking with the elephant, she was about to tell. Yeah, she was about to tell uh, Shuri about. about yeah, she was like, like something something to say about oh. There are so many. I loved when I saw it the second time and I saw the school, and he said, "Do you want to see the headmistress?" I was like, "You didn't even say grandmama." Yeah, <laughs> grandma. yeah, yeah. That kid was so well, immediately captivating. Because he's such a cute little kid. Well, also. He he didn't say grandma because like he also knows she's there undercover. He's undercover. Yeah. He, is, he, he doesn't want to out he himself like, as yeah. the prince of Wakanda. That's why he says headmistress of no familiarity. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, uh, Theodore Harris saying Killmonger refers to the Chilokans as the Lost Tribe. Thought, he thought that was interesting. That is interesting. I thought he was referring to someone else as the Lost Tribe. No, no, they no, they were, they were. Yeah, no, which I mean, it is interesting because his whole thing is about like a, a, a people being conquered, right? Things being taken over. If you look at what the Tolokans dealt with, they literally had to retreat to the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like they had, they lost their land. They lost yep. what that was. So I can see that being a, a larger commentary on like you know the the end of the movie in Black Panther one. He wants to be killed. He wants to. He doesn't want to live in shackles. He doesn't want to live on that ship being taken to be as a slave. So I can see the loss of their property being a very impactful thing to Killmonger. So I mean, I, that moment seeing it, that's a shocking moment. When, yeah. when they turned the corner and we saw Michael B. Jordan looking like the comic, which made me happy. Yeah. I'd love to see more of what Killmonger I, perceives Wakanda as. I saw that bun and I said, that's Killmonger. Uh, uh, I was literally like, that's Killmonger. No. But also that line of like the Lost Tribe, I think. I also like the, if it is symbolism to like, they like don't know. No, oh, I oh, wish. No. I was gonna say the uh, like going like just immediately killing people is like mm. not the way to go. So he's uh, like, yeah, they're a little lost right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I took it to be a reference. <laughs> like I'm like, he's all that's. He said, friend. bring me that little <laughs> child. I'm going to murder her. Oh. I, I took that to be a reference to like the lost city of Atlantis because they're uh, trying to because this isn't Atlantis. There's Talokan. Interesting. Now. So yeah. different interpretation. Yeah, but there you go. Uh, well, one more. Real quick, Corey Kendrilli sending a super chat. Their effect, his effects company did the boss. Boston Chase scene. Hey, People he works whoa, with. Kudos incredible. on you. Uh, you Caprita sending a super chat uh, rip to Batman. Hell yeah. 
Morning until we join you and Kevin Conroy. Uh, Max Lee saying, uh, love Koi in his jacket. Hell yeah, oh, yeah. show the folks uh, that so snazzy jacket. This is actually from the fine folks at Box Lunch, and every $10 you spend at Box Lunch feeds someone, a person in need. So mm. literally, supporting your fandom also mm. supports people that need it most. I just did a charity event with them. They spent 150 million people. Uh, they're one of the most incredible companies, and their merch is actually, like, this is high quality, and it's legit, like, uh, uh, branded, so it doesn't, like, fade in one wash. But they, they literally feed people with fandom so check out boxlunchgifts.com some of the best people i've ever worked with i love them much and i love this jacket so thank you oh yeah box lunch come on the show uh you can bridge also saying uh wear a diaper don't go pee wear a diaper i agree <laughs> i agree I drank three uh, cans of soda and I was fine. Or use your cup. A lot of water yeah, in that movie. I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's a, a film that I'm willing to sit in my own urine for. I'm not sure. This movie Are you was sure great. Avatar. This movie I, was I, great, but water. you're such a liar. I know there's a movie. I'm trying to think of like a movie. Okay, there are a couple life. movies I will not okay. name them right now. But um, Endgame's oh. not short. Oh, it, that's true. <laughs> I peed my pants for Endgame. There's a oh, lot there's of the clip out Fernando Escobar saying Angela B. Oscar buzz. If I she mean, doesn't get nominated, I, hope so. I will lose scene. more faith than I already have. My faith in the Academy Awards is already at zero. But if they don't nominate her, it'll go down to a negative. <laughs> <laughs> she was great. And she also, like, they clearly gave her, like, her thing at the UN, Yo, her yes. moment of chewing out a Koye. She had, like, three or four just showcase scenes. They, and they were like, I, I feel like Ryan Coogler was like, eat it up. Go ahead, do whatever yes. you want. Because that UN speech was like her body. She kept mm. moving her arms when she talked and looking left and right with her eyes. And I was just like, she's just dancing. Her traps she's are incredible. Also, Every that woman. Every time she was on screen, she's don't, like, don't, just, don't Google Angela Bassett's age or you'll feel awful about yeah. yourself. Okay. Her, her, <laughs> yeah. her, her regime, I once, it showed up randomly on like my For You page, her workout routine, which is intense. Does it have actual like exercises, it's, like specific? Yeah. She, she, so she works out like twice a day too much. She looks, and I'm like, you. She looks incredible. I mean, not only, yeah. obviously she's in incredible shape uh, for anybody, any age, but then like, she's again, so she good. deserves to be Fresh Face Friday every day. Every fresh, day. Yeah. Every day. Every day of the week. Um, Every hat they uh, put her in, I was like, yes! Yeah, yes! looked great. Uh, <laughs> there's so much more we could say. We appreciate everybody that's been throwing in questions. Uh, there's so many more questions. Luckily, we got all next week. If you think we're done talking about Wakanda forever, you got another thing coming. Because we could talk about Wakanda forever. <laughs> that's right. Um, Get out. Rise to Wakanda. Stop it. Uh, but um, thank, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for uh, enjoying. Again, we've got our... Ending Explained video from MT is already up on the channel. Jessica's uh, non-spoiler review is already out. Uh, of course, you could be spoiled now. But um, <laughs> And then our full movie breakdowns coming out on the channel tomorrow. We'll have all kinds of Wakanda content coming out uh, from the break room, from New Rockstars in general, all the rest of the week. You should uh, follow these folks on social media. Follow at New Rockstars. And we're putting up some fun Instagram content and Twitter stuff over the weekend as well. Uh, like this video, subscribe, and you know what? Have yourself a blessed weekend, everybody. Get some rest.